0: Welcome to the Center for Wooden Boats. You're listening to an audio recap of our third Friday Speaker Series. It was recorded on Friday, May 20th, 2022 at the Wagner Education Center. This month's speaker, Tyson Trudel, shares his experience introducing youth to boating, including his experience as the Maritime Education Manager at seattle's maritime high school enjoy good evening thanks for coming Uh, my name is tyson trudel currently i am the maritime education manager at maritime high school Um, but i'm going to tell you a lot about maritime high school today and i'm going to tell you a little bit about how i got there and one of the reasons i'm going to do that is because i got there through the center for wooden boats this place it has a huge spot in my heart. I had my first boat job here at the center. So, so, what we're seeing on the screen right now is where I grew up, which is a long way from the water. This is a tiny town called Cove, Oregon, population 530 people. My best guess is our house was right in there. Um, so, but growing up 13, or... Er, In that small town, I was a boat-obsessed kid. Like, from very, very young, I was very, very boat-obsessed. Okay, so, I was eight years old. My folks, I was sick, but for my eighth birthday, they bought me an eight-foot sailboat. One of these is a Jester sailing dinghy, and my wonderful parents, with their boat-obsessed child, brought it into my bedroom and let me sleep in it for months. And that probably did not make my boat obsession less. Um, Also, when I was a kid, we had a San Juan 21. And when I was very little, they took me out sailing in in our San Juan 21. So a lot of my formative years were spent on the water and in boats. Okay, so, flash forward, I was 19 years old, and I had decided that I was going to be a high school history teacher. And, but then I was like, I had done like a year, year and a half of college towards being a high school history teacher, and I was like, you know what? If I could work with kids and boats, that would be my ideal scenario. So... When I was 19 years old, living in Eastern Oregon, I wrote Dick Wagner a letter, because it was the 90s and you still wrote letters, and I said, would you consider having an apprentice for youth programs in boat building? And Dick wrote me back, and he said, sure, and would you like to be the night watchman? (laughs) So at 19 years old in 1997, I moved to Seattle, and at that point, it was just like the shop and the boathouse and there was the library upstairs and there was a couch in the library and I slept on the couch in my sleeping bag every day and then stuffed my sleeping bag behind the couch in the morning and went to work. Um, So I did that for nine months. And then after that I decided, okay, yes, kids and boats, this is what I wanna do. And I was like, okay, but, I should finish a bachelor's degree to have some kind of academic credibility and so like my parents feel like I have a direction in life. And, but then I also wanted to get my captain's license. But then I thought to myself, hey, you know what? If I go to sea to get my captain's license first, the likelihood that I will get a bachelor's degree goes way down. So I buckled down, I went back to college, I got a bachelor's degree in youth work and this is just when I was at the center, like when I did my apprenticeship at the center, it was a lot of being in the shop and it was a lot of taking students out on Umiex. And that's like where I, that was like the first opportunity I had to take students out on the water was in umiaks here, which they are an awesome tool. And then also in my apprenticeship, I built a lot of toy boats. I. Have a, probably a rare distinction of being of having done toy boat building in the at the Seattle Boat Show when it was in the kingdom. That was an experience. Okay, and then after my apprenticeship at the center, I also worked on the Arthur Foss, that is over here. So I, it was, that was the last season I worked on her. The last season that they still took her places. So we went up to Friday Harbor. We went to the Port Townsend Wooden Boat Festival. That boat has a strong spot in my heart. She's powered by a six cylinder Washington diesel that goes chug, 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 and it's just great. And and I picked this particular picture because like, my job on the boat was to paint the boat. like, And this is like, probably this picture was taken about a week after I had finished painting the boat. So it looked good, I liked it. Okay, then after that, I, like I said, I went back to college and I got a degree. It was kind of a recreation degree, um, and my first job out of college was running the low and high ropes course at a summer camp in Bellingham, and I did that for nine months of the year, which left me three months every year to go to sea to start getting the, the t- sea time together to get my captain's license. I got m- the majority of my sea time on board this vessel, which is the, the Lady Washington. This is a replica of the original Lady Washington, which was the first American flagged vessel to sail around Cape Horn and explore the Northwest. The replica was built in 1989 in Grace Harbor. Um, I w- served aboard, I started as a volunteer and worked my way up from volunteer to mate and eventually was a relief captain on there but mostly mate and being a mate was the best job on that boat in my opinion um another thing that happened while i worked on lady washington lady washington was contracted to make the first pirates of the caribbean movie and i got to participate in that so on disney's dime i got to sail from here to uh Colombia, columbia and see what making movies is like, and see why it costs $20 to go to a movie. They, there's this, uh, this, brief side note, there's this wonderful thing on movie sets called craft services, which is like, you go, it's a trailer like full of like every snack thing imaginable, and we had a large boat. And so we would go every day and be like, we need more snacks, <laughs> we need more snacks. And when we went, after we left, we had, A ship full of snacks. (laughs) We had like full-size candy bars for months. Okay, um, so working on Lady Washington and Hawaiian Chieftain I got the sea time together to get my captain's license and kind of the first job I had after getting my captain's license I worked for an organization that did drug and alcohol rehabilitation programs for high school students on 25-foot open rowing and sailing boats. One of the boats I worked on is at the center. It's the longboat Discovery that's tied up next to the boathouse, which is the the vessel in this picture. So I did that for three years and then after having worked with people in intense situations and through through traumatic stuff, I decided to get more training in um, working with people. So I went and got a master's degree in counseling at this place, which is down on the waterfront. And then after that, I had the opportunity to come back to the Center for Wooden Boats. So that was 2010. I came back to the Center for Wooden Boats, um, largely because this lady, Betsy Davis, who was the executive director here for many years, and the board had had come to a vision to increase the center's outreach to underserved populations, particularly younger people. So we looked at how could we expand the center's field trip programs to serve more students in those programs, and then also um, how we could have maybe a, a higher impact Programs as well. So, we started a program that was called the Job Skills Training Program, and this—sorry, I get a little choked up. These—these these are our first kids. Um, they're in um, Mustang suits, and we—those are for the longboat. Like you have those for safety for the longboat. Um, so our job skills program was. High school, like kids from 16 to 20, but mostly in the high school range. And it was an employment model. So kids interviewed, did job applications, had to do an interview process, were hired, they were paid a stipend. And we focused on all the skills to find, get, and keep a job. And then did maritime hard skills, like we built boats, We built a number of El Toro's in that program. We built the safety boat Wally in that program. That program ran both here and at Kama. And at Kama, we built the Shane B, the safety boat up at Kama. Uh, We built some umiacs. um, And we helped helped some young people get started in very positive directions. This gentleman Doing the bunny ears in the back. Uh, his name is Troy. Um, Troy, after doing the job skills program here, we helped him get into a program at Tongue Point in, a, in Astoria where they do training. <laughs> they do job training, and specifically, they have a maritime program there. And Troy was able to get his certifications to become an engineer. And when he finished at Tongue Point, he went to work for FOSS as an engineer on, on one of their tugboats. Or it was an assistant engineer there when he started and he's a regular engineer now Um, Why do I not find the next thing button? There it is Okay, so then After that so I had worked for the center for a a while Um, and then we bought a house, and we had a we had a son, and it seemed like hey, I should have like healthcare and other things that are harder to do. Not that the center doesn't do a good job, but it's a little harder to do at the. Non- it was like maybe make the transition out of nonprofits. Uh, so I um, went back to school again. Strange, there's a you know there's a subgroup of us who feel like one master's degree isn't enough. Um, so why not get two? So I went and I got a master's degree in education through a program called Seattle Teacher Residency where I was, able, I was able to work in the school and get paid. I was an instructional assistant in a special education classroom and then did my master's degree at the same time and the wonderful people at Seattle Public Schools paid half of my tuition for that master's degree, which was awesome. Okay, after that, I went to work at a school called Luisa Boren STEM. It's a STEM-focused K in over in West Seattle. And I was a special edu- middle school special education school teacher there until last year. Or I mean it's maybe it's more than a year ago now. It was like spring of twenty twenty one. I heard that they were going to start a maritime high school and i was like i really want to be involved in a maritime high school so i began a six month campaign to convince my wife that it was a good idea for me to switch careers and not i mean kind of switch careers switch jobs for sure um, and be involved in the maritime high school and wonderful kind patient person that she is she was like Okay, give that a try. There, that is my lovely wife who has surprised me and shown up for this presentation and is right there. It's Heidi. And then next, this is my son Jack who also surprised me and is here and may be struggling with the fact that he's, there's a picture of him and he's being talked about. What's that? Use a different photo. Oh, you're going to see a few more photos of you. So I put some photos of Jack in here because one of the themes of this talk was like kids in boats. And I've done a lot of kids in boats in my life, mostly other people's kids. But I have learned potentially a few things about having your own kids on boats and how that works out. My approach has been to offer opportunities (laughs) for Jack to participate on boats, but not to say, like, this is, well, occasionally I say it's required, but most of the time it's your choice. Um, And just then to say, you know, this is something I really enjoy, and if you enjoy it, that's great, but otherwise we can find other stuff to enjoy together. This is Jack when he was a very young baby. He would come to the center with me a lot at that point. I was working four tenths and I had him three days a week. And so we would, sometimes we would need to come to the center and do things. Um, This is out in one of the Pelicans. So another thing that's been going on in my life for the last like seven years is I've been building a 20 foot sailboat in my garage. And this is Jack in the front of the boat. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, I put this picture in here because there is, the Maritime High School has a boat called Admiral Jack. And this is, Jack came with us to deliver the boat from Port Townsend to Seattle one time. And he was, it kind of went back and forth. He was, Excited! Oh, I, skipped the- I had one of you being, like, not ex- not stoked to be on the boat, but somehow it's not in there. But he went back and forth from being excited to not being excited. Um, but this was just last week. We were doing a cruise with the Duwamish River Community Coalition, and I saw that Jack had walked to the back of the boat and was looking at us, and it warmed my heart. Like, oh, he's enjoying being on the water. Oh, this is on that delivery, too. And why I put this slide in here is because, like, there were enough other people on that delivery that I could just hang out and do stuff with Jack, which I think is important. Like, if you're gonna have your your own children on boats, you wanna make sure you have build in time to do stuff just with them and just that they're interested in. This, and then, We also got Jack a wetsuit, and the point of this picture is that if you're going to have kids on boats, you should think about are they comfortable, are they warm, are they dry, are they feeling good, that kind of stuff. So, and then this was just kind of counterpoint. That first picture of Jack next to a cannon was um, on Lady Washington, and here's like last year. Lady was over on the wharf, and we came down and took a picture. And this was this Jack. Jack does like marine science stuff, so it's like also like if you have a kid who has an interest that's like boat adjacent, you can you can you know support that boat adjacent interest. Okay, Um, this is a long boat. This is strangely this is a picture that was taken when the center. Um, Bought like when they first, when Discovery first came to the center. And just trivia wise, the gentleman in the red hat is Jake Beattie, who's the executive director of the Maritime Center, Northwest Maritime Center, but used to be the deputy director here. Uh, these are pond boats. When I was here, we made pawn boats. We had a summer camp program where we did pond boats. Footies. Footies, that's right. right. Somebody remembers, yeah. We did. Oh, right on. And then we did a... This is a kayak building course we did at the center. And this was, again, for youth. This was like high school kids came and built their own stitch and glue kayak in a week. Um, And when you have young people around epoxy, you wrap them in Tyvek. This is when we launched those. It's another, we did some family boat building stuff, so we had opportunities for families to come and build boats. And then one of my favorite all-time boat-related things that I have done is we did a program called Quick and Daring Boat Building for Kids where the students design and build a boat they can get in in a week. So this is launch day. This is one of, this is my all-time favorite Quick and Daring Boat for Kids. So this, the short story on this is that um, these guys had been building a different boat, but like one of their sides catastrophically failed on day four and they were bummed and we, I gathered them up and I'm like, okay, what can we do, what do we have? And I flashed on there's a picture some of you may have seen. There's a very classic picture of a guy on a table, upside down table with an outboard motor. And I was like, guys, you know what we should do? We should build a table boat. And they were, they were, and I showed them, like I showed them the picture and they were like, yes. So in like four hours, we made this table boat. Which is, was one of the more seaworthy boats. As you can see, not all of the quick and daring boats. <laughs> Floated. This this was really funny. It was a catamaran, and one hull totally watertight, one hull totally not watertight. This is job skills kids on the longboat. One of the things we did in the job skills program is a lot. A lot of those programs began with an overnight on the longboat. So we would start from here. We would row out in the Lake Washington and go down and anchor in Andrews Bay by Seward Park and then come, come back the next day. Okay. So one of the things about doing this kind of work with kids, particularly the like intense stuff, it takes a team of folks. This gentleman's a guy named Chris Massini. He was an AmeriCorps member. So when we did the job skills program here at the center, I was one of the staff people, but every year, we had an AmeriCorps member that we recruited, and the AmeriCorps member really did the heavy lift on it. Like, I we worked together to develop curriculum, but they were the folks who were phone-calling kids, and when kids were late or kids missed a day, they, they were doing all the legwork. Chris, Chris was awesome. Um, and this is Lucy. So Chris and Lucy were the folks that Started the program that we all together started the job skills program here All right <coughs> This is an umiak that we built. It's one of the ones that's still here um, Corey Freeman who's up in Anacortis and does bedarkas helped us with technical expertise and then we we built it in the pavilion in like November and December, which was super cold. Um, But again, yeah, this was like the spring of the first, uh, winter spring of the first year of job skills. These, um, yeah, these two folks, this young lady here and this gentleman here, Myron and Aaron, are now married. And I ran into Myron at a training at, Seattle Public Schools, and he was like, "Yeah, we got married, and we have a kid." And I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Um, but the other thing is, the I put this picture in because I learned a valuable lesson here. Like, I I take things fairly seriously, and this was early in my career, like working with kids at a at a pretty intense level, like, meaning seeing them regularly, not just working with folks, like you know for half an hour for a field trip or or whatever it is and at one point the students were like we you know because we have a process for feedback and the students gave me feedback that like you are taking this too seriously and we are worried like we get worried about messing up because you get so hard on yourself and i was like thank you that That is good to know, and I did not realize that I was having that impact on you guys. Um, Yeah, which has helped me in all all the work I've done with students since. It helped me think about what my impact on folks is. That's putting that umiaki in the water for the first time, which was awesome. (laughs) This is just... Uh, Another variation of the job skills program. We funded it a bunch of different ways. This particular, um, this particular vision was funded through Seattle Youth Violence Prevention Initiative. And we, the boat we built is um, a Mojin and Erickson skiff. So we took the lines off one of the boats in the center's collection and built a replica. (coughs) Which is now up at Camma. but this is all like the jobs kill students doing it. Yeah, so there's a few of those. So the bottom plank has the shape, the rocker, the bottom cut into it, and then we planked planked it up from there, and then cross planked the bottom. It's all traditional skiff construction. That is Hannah Brown, who was the other instructor for that program. So yeah, there it is with the with the bottom on it. Okay, this is this is Wally. So if you've seen the safety boat Wally, this is Wally under construction. Oh, thank you. And this is, we built Wally in two stages. Like we did, we did the hull, and then we had to run like the summer at the center, so we couldn't have it in the shop. So we towed it across the lake. And yeah, this is just it being towed across the lake by Zulu. So this is. We also ran this program, <coughs> job skills at CAMA, and this is Dan Boyce, who was the instructor at CAMA for a few years, and Jake Hawkins, who was the instru- one of the instructors at CAMA, and Danielle. And this is a this is a gr- job skills graduation at CAMA. So they would get certificates, and this is the Shane B part way through construction. It's a. 19-foot Sam Devlin design. The, peli, the design is called Pelicano. It's a, a center console skiff. Another, I mean, uh, well, not everybody knows Dave, but Dave Erskine also hugely impactful on many, many things at CWB, including the job skills program. He helped us wire boats and hang out boards and run fuel lines. And another guy. So this guy, some of you may know, his name is Johnny Ota and Johnny Ota is on the board at the Center for Wooden Boats. Um, but he is a, an incredible person. He, his day job is working with homeless youth that struggle with alcohol and addiction. Um, so he, he has done a lot at the center with that population. He comes down almost every like week in it in the summer and brings kids from homeless shelters sailing Um, this is an example of that when we started the job skills program he was essential in helping us connect with organizations that served the population we were aiming to serve and he helped us make those connections but also think about how do we serve those kids? Like, not necessarily our expertise. So we needed somebody to say, you know, with this population, you need to consider these <coughs> these things. Also, through our connection with Johnny, we started thinking about how could we connect youth with low barrier maritime careers. So this this was a document that we created as part of the job skills program, which is called the Caseworker's Guide to the Maritime Industry, and its purpose was to provide caseworkers in (laughs) in social outreach organizations knowledge and resources to think about what career opportunity, low barrier career opportunities there. So, you know, everything from, uh, you know, fishing vessel stuff, cannery stuff, to um, to um, works in, um, like, I lost the word, uh, like brokerages. Like a lot of brokerages on Lake Union hire folks to clean boats. And that's, that's fairly low barrier. <coughs> Out of that grew a larger thing thing of how do we connect kids in general with maritime careers like how do we build build awareness about that and then how do we make you know how do we get kids to know that there are careers in maritime and then how do we get them detailed information on how they can pursue careers at maritime another person that's also very dear to my heart Judy Romeo who was involved in the center for decades um, and used to do a, a lot of organizing third Friday speakers. Um, but also was a huge part of job skills. So one of the things that happened in the job skills program is that they would be here one weekday and on Saturdays. And on Saturdays, we would have lunch. And mo- 80, 90% of the lunches were cooked by Judy in the, in the galley, in the boathouse. And that was, yeah. You know, and a couple of kids would help, and that was her opportunity to connect with with <coughs> those students, which I believe was beneficial for both Judy and the students. This is more uh, job skills, you know, this is basic maritime skills. How do you row a boat? How do you steer a boat? Um, for some of our graduates who were going right into employment, like through grant funding, we were able to get them gear. So like, this is George and George had gotten a job on the Adventurous. So we were able to get him like a sea bag and families. And so this was, this was a picture of George picking up, picking up his gear so he could go to work. Uh, This is Wayne, similar situation. Um, He got a job on a tall ship on the East Coast and was picking up his gear to go do that. (laughs) And this is Troy again. Um. <coughs> ah, yes, yeah, see, he has a, he's he wearing a FOSS hat. He had just got his job at FOSS. And nice guy that he is, he brought me a FOSS hat as well. There's Troy again, oh, lots of Troy. All right, total change of pace. This is the 20-foot Bill Garden-designed cat schooner that has been filling our garage for the last seven years, which is very close to being done, and out of the garage, which will allow us to do other things. This is the cockpit of the boat, and I built all the spars, so to build the spars, I had to build a 30-foot spar bench in the backyard. Again, I have a lovely, talented, patient and kind wife and son. Uh, This I just threw in, this is a group. There is a, Seattle Public Schools runs a skill center and they have a maritime program through their skill center. The skill center model is, is a model where the kids come for like a class on a specific topic. Could be culinary, could be small engine repair. They run some maritime stuff. If you know kids who are enrolled in Seattle Public Schools, any high school kid enrolled in Seattle Public Schools is eligible for those programs. They do not cost, and they include things like spending a week on adventurous or doing a couple of weeks at Seattle Maritime Academy, like learning basic marine firefighting and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So if you know students in Seattle Public Schools, that's a great opportunity. I. I taught that class here. It was at the, it was a split. They spent a week at the center, sailing Blanchards and a week on Adventurous. And that was just last summer during the heat dome, which it was nice to be on the water during the heat dome. Okay, now what you all came for, talk about Maritime High School. So Maritime High School is a partnership of Highline Public Schools the Northwest Maritime Center, the Duwamish River Community Coalition, and the Port of Seattle. They all got together and said, we should figure out a Maritime High School, but not just a Maritime High School. And this is one of the things that drew me to it. One of the founding reasons and instigating forces behind the Maritime High School is to create opportunities for youth, who particularly youth of color, to access jobs in the maritime industry. Uh, this, this lady is Paulina Lopez. She is the executive director of the Duwamish River Community Coalition that up till recently was the Duwamish River Cleanup Coalition. They've been involved in the cleanup of the Duwamish River for like before the Duwamish River became a Superfund site. Um, So they they are very focused. They're kind of the the people poking the EPA to make sure that the cleanup of the Duwamish River is done to a level that allows for folks, allows for the community around that surrounds the river to have A healthy place to be. Um, Also they have they have run for many many years a very successful youth employment program called the Duwamish Valley Youth Corps that focuses on green jobs and they they do habitat restoration in support of the cleanup of the river. Okay we're going I will speed up This is Commissioner Ryan Calkins, he's a Seattle port commissioner and um, he was the guy who started to pull people together saying we should, Seattle should have a maritime high school and it should have an equity focus. Um, And then he got Paulina and this guy, I tried to find the silliest picture of Jake I could find. Jake is, this is Jake Beattie at the uh, Executive Director of the Maritime Center, who said the Maritime Center should be involved And this is uh, Susan Enfield at Highline Public Schools, who got Highline involved as the um, the sponsoring school district. Um, That's my canoe When I got this job. I bought a canoe so I could get to know the Duwamish River. That is a refrigerator floating in the Duwamish River to illustrate that it still needs some cleanup. South Park Bridge. this is this area of the river is called the Turning Basin, but it has a nice view. Okay, day one, Maritime high School um, brought students into the shop and said, "Hey, you guys need to assemble these racks to hold foul weather gear. Here are tools. Here are directions. Go for it." And they did. It's um, so James Rasmussen. This is folks from DRCC kind of introducing the Duwamish River to our students. The Duwamish River is a big focus for the high school. Um, it's down at South Park Marina. We did three days on the river at the start of school. Um, this is on a longboat. Uh, blaze through these. Uh, yep. A little habitat restoration. This is our training vessel. This is the Admiral Jack. So our students in the fall spent eight days on that, like one day a week for eight weeks, and we're doing that again. We were in Des Moines in the fall, and we're in um, we're in Harbor Island today or this in the spring. These are staff that did those programs. So there's a marine science focus too. So like we take the boat out. Some of the kids are driving the boat, and some of the kids are taking water samples and doing water quality work. Um, this is our marine science elective. There, fish, uh, we have an aquaponics lab. We're growing tilapia, and what you can't see is that there are tanks, it's an aquaponics setup, so like there are tanks with vegetables growing, and the nutrients are coming from the fish, and um, other people know a lot more about it than I do. This is, our students do all the pre-engine, the pre-startup checks on the boat, and they like to climb the hole, as they call it. This is the wheelhouse, they're, they're steering, they're doing stuff. It's navigation. We have a student watch leader, so a lot of it is run by students. That's one of the core focuses, is that it's a student-driven set up let's get ready to go out this is we went to Seattle Maritime Academy and these kids are, are trying to put a plumbing run together and see if they can still have it have air pressure at the other end and with some success uh, yeah same thing. this is here at the center um, yeah and most of the rest of this is just pictures of students oh we built we built uh, four 18-foot canoes over here. This is, and then I'll just finish up with the canoe project. So these are the boats the students built. Um, yeah, so other things I should say about the high school before I ask if you guys have questions is, the other unique things are, it is, we are, we use a competency-based assessment. So instead of having traditional grades, we have set, we've identified seven competency areas, and then what happens is we have a process where students gather evidence in each competency. So they're, like, we give them support of, like, here are examples of evidence. In, in the projects that we've done, this is where you could find evidence of these different areas. And, and also, we're a project-based learning school, so instead of having, um, excuse me distinct classes like we don't have we don't have like a six period day we have essentially two blocks a stem block and a humanities block but we're doing large projects like our fall project was the communities around the Duwamish River but that included like going to those communities mapping the community from like a social perspective of like where are the social gathering areas where are community resources what What kind of community resources does this area have? Does South Park and the Duwamish Valley have? What does it not have? Um, And talking to community members and and gaining that experience. Um, So yeah, so we have, and we have a waiver from the state to not do grades. So they, they gather, students gather evidence of their learning, they present that. We have these things called presentations of learning where students present to like typically Peers, staff, and their family on what they learned in the in the quarter, and yeah, and they submit that evidence. And sometimes the evidence, most of the time, the evidence is approved. But if it's if it's lacking, then they have there's a revision process. Is there more? Yeah, our all our students got their Washington State voter education cards. Okay. I told you a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe um, questions or anything else I can let I can. Ah, excellent! I should have covered that. Um, we are currently in a temporary campus um, in Des Moines, so we're on like 200th in Des Moines. It's like it's where Highline Public Schools sends schools. If your school's being rebuilt or if you're a brand new school, you go there until you have a building. Yeah, the Olympic interim site. Yeah. The wood shop there. Yes, that's there with oh, like a, with aviation. Oh, winter. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah, that's where we are. That's where we. That's where we built boats. I I know. I know. I've been talking to Mr. Chase about that. Um, the long-term goal is to locate a campus on the Duwamish River. Ideally very close to or inside the South Park community. Other other questions? Well, where, do, where do most of your students come from? I mean their, their background, presumably they all have some interest in marine science or maritime industry, but are they also people who've tended to struggle in a more traditional School environment or is that not really? That's not that's not the focus as much as a Geographical focus of, in the of being focused on the Duwamish Valley and the the interest in Maritime um, Also, we are a regional school, so 51% of our students need to come from inside Highline public school boundaries, but 49% can come from anywhere and right now yeah, right Right now we actually have a few more from out, in our first class, have a few more from outside of Highline. So this was our first year, we started just with a ninth grade class, and we'll add one class each year for the next four years, er, yeah, until we have all the classes. Is this a full-time high school instead of a regular high school? Yeah, this is, is this like, our students, at all? yeah. Our students just come to Maritime. They have their whole high school experience at Maritime. They're doing regular content, but because we're a project-based school, those, that content is covered in projects instead of, like our students ha- don't have like a foreign language class and a, and a math class. They, have, they do these interdisciplinary projects. Does, does that combine the humanities side with <coughs> projects, or, or yes? Different yes. Um, next year is going to be a little different. We are adding a distinct math class. So next year our blocks are going to be STEM, math, and humanities. And typically, like a project will have a humanities focus, and then like a STEM stem a stem focus. So like the Duwamish River project that like the humanities focus was that whole evaluation of the South Park community and learning more about the South Park community. The science component was doing water quality sampling on the river. like pulling samples out and doing like fecal chloroform stuff and yeah is that time? Was that the Oh yeah, oh, yeah, what's up? Here? Here, oh, what was, um, <laughs> that's a oh, totally open-ended question. Um, straight up, like the center's the center does so many things that like finding that balance and finding where that kind of work fits in at the center was challenging, and we tried to like dial it in and make it make it like supportive of the mission. Like it was a balance between how can we support the mission of the center and how can we provide a valuable experience to students. And kind of how we tried to work it out was like, we would train students and then we'd have students who would do, work in the livery. Or we had students, we would train students to support field trip programs and they would, they would have that job experience of like, being a field trip assistant or being a livery assistant. And then also, like the boats we were building was were um, were used in programs at the center. Um, I think there's also a piece, and this is not just the center, this is anywhere you go where you where you work with youth, and particularly if you're starting to work with <coughs> youth with challenges is there's a, in in organizations that are public facing, you know we have the general public here, so there's a whole piece of like. How do we support the youth? How do we create a warm, welcoming environment for the youth and simultaneously interact with the general public? And how do you train youth to work with the general public in a way that's respectful of them and where they are at? Because not everybody wants to politely say to the, yeah, to the general public things that should be politely said to the general public. Um, You know, we built boats in the pavilion for years, and it's like answering that question of, oh, what are you doing for the 15th time in a day? And then, you know, working with kids and like, how do you do that? And then creating space for like, that's not necessarily what you're here to do right now. So I can do that, other staff can do that. So, yeah, that was a challenge that I think we we did well at times and at other times not as well probably. Any, anything else? talk a little bit about how you build the cur- I mean, back to Maritime. Sure. build the curriculum, like, say, hey, here's the program. Here are the components, here's how we put it together. Sure. Um, so. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. So the question is how, like, the way I understand your question is, what's our methodology for, like, designing the curriculum and, and kind of figuring out what we're going to do and how that's gonna support student learning. Okay, cool. So a big part of it is drawn from a bunch of research and thinking around project-based learning, and, that, and it, it has a focus on backwards planning. So we started by thinking about what do we want students to know at the end, and there was a level of developing what we call the graduate profile of like, a graduate of Maritime High School should be able to do X in these in those competency areas Uh, and so then we map back okay what of that should happen in ninth grade and then map back to like okay of the stuff that happens in ninth grade what makes sense to fit in a specific project so like for the fall of ninth grade it was like oh we need to get kids out on the water so we're gonna do an on-the-water piece so that we can start building all that familiarity of being on the water um, and we took an approach we wanted like the competency there one of the core competencies is maritime leadership and then we broke that down of like okay what does that look like so that looks like being we said it looks like having the habit skills and abilities of a per, of a maritime professional And then we're like, okay. So that's like situational awareness, knowing basic procedures. And then we were like, okay. We we felt like we could accomplish that by giving the students the opportunity to spend a chunk of time on a boat, do training similar to how you would train crew. And so we built out, you know, we did a vessel familiarization checklist where they went all over the boat finding all these things and then we did it with, but like, we literally put signs all over the boat, like port, starboard, forward, aft, so they could learn all that language. Does that answer your question? All right. The one thing I would add to that, the other piece, that piece where I was talking about where we're like developing the graduate profile, we engaged industry with that. So we have a, we, have a system in the school called Project Design Work Groups. So we have folks from the maritime industry who of their own volition said, I want to participate in building out this high school. And so we've had a series of meetings over the year, about quarterly, where in our four core areas, and I'll get into that in just a second, folks who work in that segment of maritime have helped us develop what those skills should be uh, and so our four areas are like vessel design and maintenance m- uh, marine resources and research vessel operations and uh, law and policy so with folks in all of those areas who have helped us like design projects, come up with specific experiences, and like the initial level was that graduate profile piece. Another big chunk we're trying to do is, is build in industry certifications, so that our students have the opportunity to build certifications through, the, through their time at school with the idea that if, if a student wanted to, they have some employable skills directly out of school. We're we are we do we see ourselves as a college prep school, but not only a, a college prep school. So we don't, we, yeah, we want to do the academic piece, but we want to make sure that for those who want to go right to work, we're supporting that as well. Yeah, Shelby, uh, what challenges? where there are connecting hiring needs in the Washington maritime industry where there's not young people are a citizen, but might not know that industry exists. That's a huge problem. Um Yes. So there's a, and this isn't just maritime high school. We, I ran into this at the center. like Most people, <laughs> a lot of people, you say maritime jobs and they're like, oh, that's somebody who drives a tugboat, somebody who works on a boat, somebody who works in fishing. So there's a huge piece of work that the high school's engaged in, in and with others in building that awareness of maritime careers. One of the things we're working towards for next year is we're, gonna, we're building out some projects where our students will go to middle schools and do maritime focused projects with middle schoolers to help build that interest. Specifically, we're gonna do simple ROVs. There's a, there's a national RO, remotely operated vehicle competition called MATE, and so we're gonna use some of their materials and have our students build out kits, like what we call ROV in a bucket, and they'll go, to like a middle school, they'll teach the kids like some basics of that. And students in like three or four hours will put together a simple ROV and get to throw it in a pool and, and give it a try. Um, and so we're, we're trying to work through what are other things that we can do to build that awareness that it's not, that yeah, that maritime is a huge career field and that maritime is a STEM field. I, I think I think that's a gap that's missing. Like, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about maritime, they think driving boats, but they don't think of it as a STEM field. And I would argue that it is entirely a STEM field, because it's uh, in science, in technology, engineering, and math. So. Um, what do you feel like the kids in the industry marine science? Um, I think the f- folks we had this year, it, it's a little, probably a little more on the marine science side. Um, I think some of that is because most students that I've talked to, their view of the like industry side is really focused on that boat driving piece, and they're like, "Oh, well, I, I don't see myself driving boats or crewing on boats." So, yeah. But I think, like, I think they're starting to see it. Like, we, I don't have pictures of this, but Manson Construction and Pacific Pile, which are two big marine construction companies in town, they had our students out for a day, and they got to go past the yellow line, which is like, the yellow line, you have to have all the serious Personal protective equipment to go past the yellow line, but we, like, they all have extra tufts, and they had hard hats and gloves and safety. gear, And they got to go past the yellow line, and they picked. They used the Manson used one of their huge cranes and picked a thousand-pound pound beam, like ten feet in the air, and they put the kids on the tag lines and they let the kids like spin that i beam around and. That, I think, opened up some kids' ideas, some kids' minds to, like, oh, and, like, we got to talk to all the people who engineer those projects, you know, all the people who do all the design for, like, you know, Pacific Pile did the, um, the pier for the Great Wheel and all the design and how do, you, how do you build a pier that will support that weight, but then also it's a dynamic load, you know, it's, yeah. So they, you know, and yeah, they were just like, oh, okay, I Started to see that. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.